Why did Hashem choose to bring about the revelation in the manner he did? Through Moshe. Through Moshe, very good, yeah. And in the circumstances of Sinai. Aha, okay. I have one question. Okay. What's your name again? Stekler? What's your name? Take that a little further. Yes. How did did the world stand without Torah before before the Torah was given? I hear it. that certain concepts have to be polished and refined and crystallized. These are Torah concepts. It's just like we learn over a mission a lot of times. We have to go back to the very first beginning of the Torah. The Torah begins, Horatius borrowed Kim, the story of creation, then, which itself is a preface, and the culmination, the climax of that story is the creation of man. Now, about the creation of man, Odomarishim, it's very important to know that the Gemara and the Chazal have very, very significant comments. And a, and a Jew that wants to understand Yiddishkeit has to learn, has to learn about this. How did the Gemara look at the first man? Was he a Neanderthal man? What do you call Paleolithic? I know an Ice Age man. Did he have uh, uh, long hair? Looked like a gorilla. What did he look like? Maybe. But we have to know what, did the Gemara, what does the Gemara think about man? It's very interesting. It's, it's very vital. You should know this. Number one, you cannot judge what man is in the eyes of Gemara from what from what we see man to be today. In the eyes of the Gemara, in the eyes of the Torah. Man has altogether different dimensions, altogether different dimensions than than man has today. You see, there is there is a phrase in in, in the Madrashim which is very important for you to know. The, the Madrashim speak of man's mind in two aspects. Godless demoichen and katless demoichen. Which means moach godol and moach katan. Which means, in English, a large intellect or a small intellect. What do you mean a large intellect and a small intellect? 
man in a capsule is his is his intellectual abilities, is his seichel. There's men with the large seichel, and there's men with the small seichel. There is the contracted man, the man that's contracted and all shriveled up, and then there's the expanded man. Man can expand. What do, you, what do I mean? A man could be petty. All of us could be sitting in a room. All of us could be sitting in a room. Let's imagine for a moment. And another fellow will pass by somebody, step on somebody's brightly polished shoes. And the one who was stepped upon will jump up and you are getting to my shoes, you're taking my shoes out, very sir. And he goes into a whole conflagration, he starts insulting the other man. Everybody's sitting in the room and looking, all right, your shoes were polished. You had to go to important business appointments and you repolish it, it's not so terrible. And this man's whole mind contracts and concentrates and focuses on the smudge of his shoes. So what do we all see when we, when we sit there? What do we all see? What do we see? We're sitting there, we look at this person, what do we see? We say, what are you making a whole tumble out of a pair of shoes? The fellow didn't have any intent to dirty the shoes, it was an accident. What's the difference between the fellow with the shoes and all of us? We see it in the broader perspective. He didn't mean it, it's not significant, it's a little thing. Your anger and your berating him and your hurting him is far more worse than his stepping on your shoes. In the eyes of the Torah, this are, these are two examples of Moshe and the Gadus and Moshe and the Kavits. There's a, a larger way of looking at things, and there's a very minute, petty way of looking at things. These are two examples of how a person can have a larger view and a smaller view. And it can happen in the same person, this same person that, that got his shoe stepped upon. At this moment, he can have a moich, a moich cotton. He can look at a thing very, very uh, small in a very petty way. And two hours later, he calmed down. He could be forgiving and, and he can understand and he can, and he can be full of contrition. He's sorry that he did the whole thing. And again, his mind expands and sees the thing in its proper perspective. This is an example. This is an example of, 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 of where the mind expands and the mind contracts. Now in the history of the world, we see the same thing too. We were mentioning, we were mentioning, uh, uh, what, do we mention Tolstoy's name today or yesterday? When we, today we mentioned Tolstoy. There was a Russian writer, we have some Russians here, Tolstoy. Tolstoy was a, a Russian aristocrat. I'll give you an example. He was a Russian aristocrat. He was a, a very big literary genius. He had a fantastic power of writing. Really, his whole writing is unique in a class by itself. A whole big pilpul, a whole type of novel. I mean, so you could study Tolstoy, take a course in Tolstoy for a few years. Uh, and he was an unusual person. He was very rich. He owned, in, in Europe, the, the, he was a count, 
He owned whole cities belong to him. The villages belonged to him. The fields and all the all the crops and everything it belonged to him. And the serfs were the people who ran the, 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 his, all his estates for him and all the profits were his. He shared it with them on sharecroppers. They were living in poverty. They were living in ignorance. They were living in, 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 in all sorts of straits and all sorts of difficulties. Now, if you look at it, there's one way of looking at it. A person could say, listen, what do you want? I inherited this property. It's mine. I own it. I own it. I inherited it from my father. It belongs to me. And I'm, and I'm taking the profits. What do I care? You, you're ignorant. You were born poor. That's your hard luck. What did he do? After all, Years of inner struggle. One day he got up and he was masquer all his estates. And he said, It belongs to all the peasants and to all the serfs. He gave away all his riches. He didn't want anything. What does it mean? If we sit as outsiders and objectively view it, he got a larger view of the world. He didn't need so much. There's more important things in the world like that. He got a different look at the world. And his, and his look at the world was so different. He became so elevated that he saw that it's not necessary for him to have $10 million. He won't need up $10 million if he lived to be a thousand. And these people are suffering. And these people are, are, are ignorant. These people have nothing. And it's more righteous and more it's, it's more moral that he should give them the land that they work on. What is it? It's a view in his head, in his intellect. He got a bigger view of things. Before he saw, this land is mine. I own it. It's my family. Then he saw this without seeing that. Then his view expanded. It expanded. He saw them and their misery and their plight and their anguish and their torment. And he got a different view and he incorporated them into his view. So his mother saw a different truth. He gave them the whole land. Bring a mushroom of somebody we mentioned. The question is, how much can a person expand? Expand his, 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 his mental picture. His intellectual picture, how big can it be? This is this is a key, a fantastic key. A person's mental picture is almost infinite. I say infinite. A person's mental picture, in a proper fashion, in a proper, in, in, in a proper way, can embrace the whole cosmos. With with proper chinuch and proper education and proper balance and proper symmetry, to remove all dross and all darkness and all fogginess, a person can see things. There's a Gemara Shabbos. Interesting Gemara Shabbos. Very interesting. Gemara says on Shabbos, Hillel, Hillel was a big anoth. You know what an anoth is? By the mansion? An A humble person. He was very humble. So there were a group of people that they said, you can never get Hillel angry. Can you get Hillel angry? So one fellow bet his friend, Arba Meizus, he bet his friend 400 bucks that he could get no angry. So Mara tells a story, it was Erev Shabbos, and he waited and he peeked into Hill's house and he saw Hill was in the shower. 
wasn't in the shower, they didn't have no showers those days. He was sitting by a pirate, by a copper tub, and with hot water, and he was washing his head, soap in his head. Hello! The word says he calls through the window. Hello! Puts a towel on his head, runs out. Says, Rabbi, why do the Chinese have such eyes? Bill says, uh, so and so, so and so, so and so. Okay, goodbye. Goes back to the shower, Hill starts again his head. Five minutes later, Rabbi! It comes again with the towel. And so the Gemara describes it. Why do the Africans have white feet? They have white feet. Their feet, that's what the Gemara says. He answered it, they don't wear shoes, this and that, for this reason, that reason. Very nice. The Gemara enumerates, to make a long story short, about five, six times he came back. Why do these people have pointy heads from a certain country? Nonsensical questions that were pointed to irritate. And the Gemara, and the Gemara says that Hillel answered him and he wasn't Macbeth. He didn't object. He showed no anger. He showed no objection. He was congenial and, and, and very accommodating the whole time. Finally, at the end, in exasperation, the Gemara says that this man said, Ah, you, you made me lose for him. The man became angry, and he made Hillel, uh, and, 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 and Hillel made him lose $400. So Hill said to him, Look, it pays for you to lose these $400 plus another $400, just that I shouldn't get angry. Now, you have to understand. How does a man, if that would happen to anyone of us, we take the tape recorder and wham the fellow in the face and throw him out? Any normal person. What does the Gemara say? Hillel was so insensate, he was so callous, he was so thick that he didn't know the other fellow is prodding him, is trying to stick him and dig him and get him angry. He hits Eric Shabbos and his head is with soap and he's standing there talking. The answer to that is there's only one answer. Hillel looked at a person in a different way. Hillel had a different, in his eyes, there was different light shining out. Hillel looked at a person in a way, he had such a broad view, such a broad view that it, for him, he, he saw such significance in a stupid person that that significance overweighed any personal objection that he could have. I told you that's a Gemara about Hillel. A Jew told me with his own eyes he saw by the last Briskarov that died in Israel. In Brisk, he told me that the, the, the Rav had a, a, an office like on a split level. He had to go up about four steps to this office, and there was a waiting room downstairs. So he had left the Rav, it was already late at night, and all of a sudden one of the foolish nudnikis of the town of Brisk came in and asked the Rav a shine. Rebbe, so-and-so, the rough came down the steps, he was tired, it was late at night. Rebbe, this and this and this, the Rebbe said, the rough said, Mutta, you're allowed to do it, you're allowed to do it. So he left the house, and the rough walked up the steps, just as the rough got to the steps, he comes in, Rebbe, I have to talk to you. The rough went down the steps again. He says, Rebbe, are you sure that you're allowed to do this? He says, yes, I'm sure. The rough went up the steps, five minutes later, he comes rushing, Rebbe, I got to talk to you again, but, but, the Rav came down and he says, four times the Rav went up the steps and down the steps late at night, and he answered him, and with a perfect, perfect equanimity, he didn't do the same. 
Now, this is not a stoicism. You know, this is not a person who says, I'm a stone. It's not a No, 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 no. This, this comes only from a certain view that I see so many factors in the world. I see, I have such a big view that this person's irritation is lost in the other significant factors of the world. In other significant factors of the world. In other significant factors. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that man has dimensions. The Gemara says that the time of creation that man was at his apex. He was at his zenith, at the highest dimension. The Gemara says about other the Gemara says such things. I'll give you an example. The Gemara says that other Marishan He saw from one end of the world to the other end of the world. Can you see from one end of the world? The world is round. How can you see around this way? How can you see around? How can, and, and if the world would be straight, can you see? How many miles can you see on a clear day? You can see from one end of the world to the other end of the world. What does this mean? Simple. The word go'o sometimes means to understand. To see something means to understand. Ro'yani is different admin, the Gemara says in Subis. I see the words of Adman. That means that I prefer, I understand what Adman is saying more than what the other people are saying. And the Gemara says that Adam Arishna, at the time of creation, he so knew his place in the world and he so understood. We were talking, you know, what we were talking about, the people that live with nature. What, what do you think the whole secret is? What's the difference between them, the, the, the people that were here first, and the people who came from Europe, what do you think the difference is? The people who came from Europe were motivated and impelled by one reason. Material gain. They walked in, they saw a forest. They didn't even, it didn't even dawn on them that when they leveled down the forest till the ground and they don't replace the trees, that they're upsetting the balance of nature, never occurred to them. Who cares? I make money on the lumber. That's important. What happened in 50 years? They leveled, they leveled so many miles of forests that they upset the whole ecology, but it became deserts. Land that the Rabbani Shalom had intended to produce certain things, they tampered with the total, with the total, they, they, they changed around, the whole thing became hard. Man came, he saw a buffalo. Shot one buffalo, ten, a hundred, how many buffaloes are left today? Maybe there are a thousand buffaloes in the whole United States. There used to be hundreds of thousands of buffaloes. So you said, why do you care? You, know, you killed out a whole species. It was stylish in the 1850s and the 1890s for women to have certain feathers in their hats. So they used to get it from a certain bird. I think the birds are extinct today. They only have maybe one or two left. What's the pshat in all these things? You know what the pshat in all these things is? That man doesn't know his place in nature. By other narration, it says that he saw me soifa oilum at soifa He understood. When the Rabbanishim created him, this is what the Gemara tells us, and this is what we believe the Zara and Wunit. He so understood, wherever his gaze fell, he understood what that, the function of that thing is and what its relationship is to him. 
And, and if you want to go further and press the point further, you look in the beginning of Chumash. In the Chumash itself, you'll see this. It's almost explicit in the Chumash. It says that the Rav brought him the animals. He should give them names. There's a sentence in the Chumash. I don't have a Chumash here. But it says in the Chumash that the Rav brought him the animals that other Rishis should give them names. Women should give them names. Cow who called cow. Behavior. And, and a fish are called duck. A fish. Does that, that's what it means? That he should give them their names? You know what it means? The name in the Chumash, you see it in the Chumash, most of the places, wherever it says a name, it says a reason, a definition. It meant that the Rabbi Shalom brought to him all the ingredients in nature and he defined it. He knew his relationship between him and the animal. He knew the function of the animal. I told you many times that, I saw, that, the, that the guy told me that if, that if you kill a snake, you'd find $50 in Tennessee, it was in the forest there, because the snakes kill the rats. And the rats eat up, the, eat up the, the roots of the trees, and the trees fall down, that sets the whole ecology. So, so when the Gemara says that Adam Arishin saw me, it means that the, the first man had such dimensions, he, 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 he looked, he saw the cosmos, he saw the stars, he knew, what, he knew, he knew, what, he knew his place. The Gemara said that he had such a, the Gemara said that, that Malachim saw Adam Arishin. The Gemara said that Malachim, angels, saw Adam Arishin. And it was a fantastic thing. They thought it was the Rabbani Shalom. And they started, they wanted to sing the songs that the angels sing. What does that mean? What does it mean that the Rabbani Shalom has A and B? Well, I mean, we know that Chas Shalom, Rosh Hashanah, Incorporeal. What does it mean they saw this man? When you say you saw a man, they saw a man with his, with, they saw what he, what's in here. They saw, they saw that he comprehended even then. They saw a creature that encompassed them also. You know, so to speak, they could see his power of thought. His power, his intellectual power. He saw, you know, I don't want to even quote him. I, I hate the quote. I, I'm not, not my business to teach you philosophy. Pascal says in the, in the, the quote Pascal, the French philosopher, mathematician, Pascal says, he, he, he was once standing in the Alps near a huge mountain. So he, so he felt, who am I? I'm nothing. The mountain is so much bigger than me. So he says, he says, I can perceive the mountain, but the mountain can't perceive me. That's how he, 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 he comforted himself. He gave himself solace. He says, the Swiss Alps are so big and it makes me nothing. Maybe they're bigger than I, maybe they're more significant than me. He says, he said, no, the Swiss Alps, as beautiful and as big as it is, cannot, it, it has no intellect to, to comprehend what Pascal is. But Pascal at the, at the bottom of the mountain could, could take in his mind the whole, the whole mountain. So it seems that the Malachim saw in other Malishim, in other Malishim, they saw such a creature that this creature's mind, the beam of his mind, just to give it an illustration, went up to beyond the Malachim, just straight up to the Malishim. They, they never saw such a thing. They thought it was some sort of a deal. Now, these are difficult areas. I'm just telling you this, just to, to touch the outside crust of what's going on. When the Rabbani Shalom created the world, the original 
I use the word intention of the Rabban Shalom was to create a person with such dimensions. To create a man in the fullest, in the fullest sense of the word. You go to an architect. Who's the biggest architect? Pay, the Japs, pay brothers, these two brothers, architects. You go to them, you tell me, build me a building. Expenses unlimited. What are you going to do? I'll make you a little sucker up. I'll make you a building with expenses unlimited. When the Rabbanshon created Adam Arishin, he made him the way he wanted to make him such a thing that Malachim should be awed by his, by, his, by his dimensions. Now, here we have to stop here for a minute and travel out of this light area into a dark area. The dark area is a partial chumish. The dark area is a partial chumish. And chumish is the story of the chet of Eitz the tree of knowledge. I don't know. I do know. I partially know. I don't know what it is. Right now, I don't know what it is. But for, for the sake of the, coming to the question, this person who had this expansive mind, this Moichen the Godless, through transgressing the will of the Rebbein the mind contracted. It became a totally different mind. It became a totally different mind, and you see in Chumash the differences are expressed in areas which are very, very deep, and you have to understand it, and you can't learn the Chumash like children before, before the, the, the transgression Adam and he didn't wear clothing, and after the transgression, they didn't wear clothing. This, these are all the deepest things that this is indicative. This just makes visible to us that the mind was so changed. If you dwell on it from two states, from such a state of living in a world, hush, or to borrow expression, but just of, in, of such total innocence, where clothing was superfluous, of such purity with was already, the mind was already turned around, the mind, the mind was turned, was already a mind already. Ah. We believe, Amin ma'amin, anachnu ma'aminim, it's part of our emunah. The, 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 the Gentiles don't believe this. They say in their poem, who was it in this poem say, in the fall, in Adam's fall, uh, we we all we send all. You see, they believe that when Adam's fall, you know, that's the you know dark. We believe that wasn't the end of the world. We believe it wasn't the end of the world. What happened? And it makes sense too. I'll tell you why. We believe that after the chet. Of Das, after this failure, the Rebbeinish Shloilam reconstructed the world with, with a detour route. This is what we believe. And, the, and, and that route has to lead back to the original dimensions of the That's what we believe. We believe that the Rebbeinshon created the world for a purpose, and man was the purpose, and man had dimensions, 
And this is what the Rabbi Shalom wants. And this is the way it should be. And this is the way it must be eventually. The will of Hashem is Bach ultimately must express itself. It must come to reality. The world is mysterious. How is Hantakama comes in a mysterious way? But they started a road. If you look in the Chumash, if you learn the Chumash with the death, you see a, a very, very funny thing. The road was, instead of making man, one man with this dimension, with this smoke and the goggles, it will be a process to reconstruct it. To reconstruct man. And it should come out of the darkness of this world. This world is a dark place. Out of the darkness and out of the opaqueness and out of the narrowness, I choose these words, out of the narrowness of this world, they should take together the sparks, one spark by another, they should knit it and weave it together till they reconstruct me. And if you go on the Chumash, you see it starts with Abraham Avinu. And if you study Abraham Avinu, you see in the Chumash, if you study clearly, if you study it with the Gemara and you study it with the Chumash, you see that the whole, all the sadness that deal with Abraham Avinu add up to one thing. You put it in one sentence. He re-established contact with the Gemara. He, Abraham Avinu, in a dark, idolatrous world, penetrated the idol worship, he saw through it, and he, he was the cornerstone, you know, like, again, he sent out a thing, he made contact with, with that point that the original Adam Arishim had contact. The structure wasn't finished yet. It's not like you take the children in Sunday school and you tell them he smashed the idols, and it was, it's very nice, the children smashed, he did smash what does it mean? It means that it means that he made contact. You, you think contact is a small thing? I guarantee you, you take your eight and a half million people in New York City that aren't a half, maybe they're a half a million if you count all the chassidim and all the people that believe. I, whatever it is, I'm telling you, eight million people in New York City have no contact with reality. We live in a world where there's veils and veils and veils on our eyes. What do you call cataracts on our eyes? That's for sure. Thick mountains of cataracts you don't see. You don't see. Uh, every one of you know, the older boys here know who were in the world who went to the university. It's not crazy. People don't see to such a degree that you can say most of the people live in a state of borderline insanity. Their morals or their lack of minds. And I'm not talking just in sexual areas. That's not what I'm talking about. In every area. You open up a newspaper. Now, I remember papers before your times. You open up the New York Times, which is supposed to be one of the most significant newspapers in the world. I tell you, I don't bring this to my house anymore. Really? Not, not only the, the content of the paper. The, the low-key content, I have to know about this and about of what. Why are you trying to tell me? Why are you trying to clutter my mind and make me crazy? 
the advertisements, the lies, the shkorim, the, the manipulation of the mind that the Madisonian psychiatrists are trying to teach them how to manipulate my mind. It's insane. The whole society—they have contact with something. When the Kotzka Rebbe laid on the floor and he rolled on the floor and he screamed, "Hashem, who elikim ain't oid where every sophisticated professor from Columbia University would have been in the room and they would have said, he's insane, he's, 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 he's an idiot. He had contact with reality. They have no contact with reality. They don't. Now, this thing that we call contact with reality, yeah, you have to have ears, sensitive ears, to want to hear that there is such a thing. We have contact with hot dogs, with black, with, uh, what do you call the big bottle? Busters, what do you call it? What do you call the big bottle? What? Crowd pleasers, who, I don't know what, what you call it. With Pepsi Cola, with our head is cluttered with, with, with what? Boys. Whatever it is. And, and, and we don't want, we get scared. I mean, you talk to people, there could be even people sitting here in the room saying, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to think about that. That's too frightening or too serious to think about. I don't want to think about it. But anyway, this union of contact with the old, with what man should connect himself be to be plugged into that, this is a problem. And a person who just has this alone already has a dimension. You go, I go, I go in Manhattan. I have to go, you know, there's a budget. I have to go. I meet people. I was in an office two weeks ago. A man walks in. He's 70 for sure. He's 70 years old for sure. Yeah, you know. He's got up a chain hanging around his neck. It says, oh, I think, love. Chain hanging around. 70 year old man. Ring over here, ring over there, ring over here, ring over there. I look at the clothes, 70 year old man. You're ready, you're ready to, to, to go to Grand Central Station to say goodbye already. You're still in. I looked at the man. It was like an apparition to me, you know, like I didn't believe it. And I was talking and the whole talking of the polished nails. But I said to myself, and a nice man, but his whole getup, his type of clothing was all like, you know, for a costume. His, his, his clothing were a costume, his talking were a costume, his cliches were costumes. Where was the man? I didn't see that. The man that is totally disconnected from what a person should be. A 70 year old man is still into that nonsense. Are you crazy? How can you give your hand to somebody to put their polish on Are you insane? Do you know, do you know what, what you have to have in your mind to consent to do that? Do you know the psychological ingredients in doing that? That's a small thing, huh? Yeah, it's not connected. Contact is a very, very big thing. Abraham Avinu made contact. Yitzhak Avinu made another kind of contact. Yitzhak Avinu was 37 years old and he lay down on an altar and said, kill me. If that's what you want, you can't too, talk too much about this. But it was a type of contact of committing oneself totally above and beyond to the MS. A man has to have dimensions, you know. You know, uh, you know, you, you know, a man says he's honest. Me, I won't steal for a million dollars. I won't steal for a million dollars. Give me a million dollars. I should steal by Avram Ross's paper court. Another man is sitting in the room. And if I give you two million dollars cash, 
How many truth for two million dollars you'll do it? Two million dollars, maybe. Then the man says to him, Here's a dollar cash, Mr. Little Type of Says, What do you think? I am a thief? So the man says to him, Dr. Marcus, A thief you are! But the question is to what degree? And you'll do it for two million, you're a thief! So you're a, you're a two million dollar thief. I'm a dollar thief. I think you are. There's a question of a person committing himself to give him all the gold fourth marks, he won't do it. Give him all the gold and fourth marks, he should, he should be Michal Shach, he won't do it. Kill him. This is a dimension also of man. You see, you have to understand why is it necessary. This is, you have to understand what's the shot. Why is it necessary? Because dimensions are not made out of cotton candy. Dimension, it means it's a structure that has to be steel beads inside. You can't say he has this dimension. He has the dimension for $2 million, he won't be Michal Shabbos. For $4 million, he'll be Michal Shabbos. If he'll be Michal Shabbos for $4 million, that, that beam is not dead. If a person has to have a dimension, if he has to have an aspect, if it has to be a hasaga by him, the dasab has to be very hard. You die, you die. Rabbi Akiva, the Gemara says, you know how Rabbi Akiva died, you know, the Gemara says, they were flaying him alive. And he said to the fellow standing next to him, he said to him, uh, he says, they were crying, he says to him, what are you crying about? He says, what is this? My whole life, I said, Krishna, and the Gemara says, means they kill. he says, what are he says, what are you crying for? Not the kind of not sure. He said, Shema Yisrael, I'm sure. You know, what do I like when you die? I saw last night that Pachsam saw a few minutes before he died. He was an old man. He asked his son to give him and wash his hands. He wanted to make a bracha. He couldn't even swallow. It says over there. And he asked him to, to give him a glass of water, he took a sip of water, he said, Baruch Atah Hashem, and he took a sip of water, and he died. Because he, Shachak means everything comes through his word, even dying. He wanted to accept the dying. He said, Yitzchak made that contact. They were laying beams, they were putting down steel beams to recreate a man. Yankev Avinu is again. Yankev Avinu is a man that when you learn the Chumash, he already, he incorporated both of them, and he made a, what do you call them, campus, when you take two elements and put it together, quick! A compound. He made already a compound, whatever that is, but it was necessary to make it into a compound. It couldn't remain that one should have this and the other that contact. The both contacts had to be, you know, be joined together wasn't the end. And then they had to go through the history of the tribes. And then there was Yosef, you have to understand what Yosef was. And then they had to go down after the building, after the building, the structural steel was up, they had to throw him into a, a, to, to a crucible, they had to throw him into the shrine. That was a contact. That was a different kind of contact. As a group, they had to go through Mitzrayim, the whole thing, and all this was rebuilding something. Until they came to the foot of Sinai. Until they came to the foot of Sinai. Now I want to tell you something. The Gemara says in Mesechta Vodizara, in the beginning must have been the third or fourth blood. The 
Gemara says, and you'll see the Gemara says, you'll understand the Gemara very clearly. The Gemara says in Mesech Tavayda Zara that when they, when they came to Har Sinai, Paschka Zuhamasa, Gemara says, Paschka Zuhamasa means the sediment that that original serpent, what the serpent means, I don't know what it means, who spoke to Eve. So the sediment which was imbued, injected into man's neshama, was opened up. The Gemara said that when they reached Sinai, that the, the, the zuama, the sediment, the dross, that man became infected with through his original fall, at the foot of Sinai it stopped. That's the explanation exactly what I'm telling you. That the dimensions of man had to take a detour. And this was the plan. And at the foot of Sinai. Now I want to explain to you something about Moshe Rabbeinu. I want to explain to you something about Moshe Rabbeinu. He is the good question. If the role, Moshe Rabbeinu was a human being. He had a father. He had a mother. He was born like we were all born. Standing by the, by the, by Sinai. Moshe goes up and he brings down. He's up there 40 days. He doesn't eat. He doesn't, doesn't sleep. Which is uh, medically unfeasible. To my mind, I'll tell you what I think it means. And then Rashi and Chumash brings in a number of places. It says Moshe the Yisrael. So Rashi brings from the Madrashim, from the Gemara, that Moshe is Shakal Kinagat called Yisrael. Moshe has the value of the entire Jewish people. Then on one side of the scale, they would balance out. It means the following. The Rabban Shalom gave a Torah. The Rabban Shalom gave a Torah. You have to have. You have to have a funnel. If Torah is to be given to man, and you want to receive reconstruct the dimensions of man, you have to have a model, you have to have a funnel through which it should go, the Torah should go into a man and work in a man. Now, I want to say parenthetically, just to make you understand it. Some will come and say, yeah, the Torah is great, the Torah is wonderful, the Torah is true, the Torah is eternal. The, the Torah is eternal. But it's not the man. In the Maronic New York, you can't do it. It's wonderful. You can do part of it in Farakoi, part of it in Williamsburg, part of it in Harpa, part of it in Yerushalayim, part of it in for me. And you should know that's a criticism that has validity. In the Torah, you see, no. The Torah was given to one man. He accepted the whole Torah. To accept the Torah doesn't mean he was a messenger boy. That the bunch is like delivered a telegram to Claudius. Not so. That's that's superficial thinking. When it says he was there 40 days, you have to look in the Medrashim, you have to learn all these things. It doesn't mean that Moshe went up on Hasin and Moshe says, here's a package, deliver it to the Joes, let him sign the, the receipt of the United States when they had it. That's not true. The Pshat in Moshe Rabbeinu's being Mechabal the Torah means that he was Mechabal the Torah. He was Mechabal the Torah just like every other Jew later on, but he as an individual related to the whole Torah. 
The whole Torah related. And if it relates to one person, what do they do in a hospital when they want to find a cure for cancer? If they can cure one person, the doctor's going to be, Eureka, we cure the guy, they can cure everybody in the whole world. Generally speaking. In that sense, that was the role of Moshe Rabbein. There had to be a, a, a microcosm. There had to be a, a small thing. And in him, and, and, and why him? It says in Chumash, why him? And that needs a, 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 a talk by itself because it says, Ish Moshe And that phrase where it says he was the most, the humblest of all people needs to be understood. But, but the whole thing of it, that the Torah should be given to him and in Hasina, which, which, which the Midrashim said was also a humble little mountain. It wasn't, it wasn't the Himalayan mountains. And, 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 and in the Midbatu, the morale says why it was given in a desert, not in a city. It is because in the desert there's nothing there. There's hardly anything there. It's not cluttered up with civilization. It's given from the Rabbanshan to me, as his loneliness and his nakedness in the desert. The desert you're naked. And, and, and this is the whole, this is our whole, the whole Yiddishkeit, all the mitzvahs. All the mitzvahs, if you understand them, if you don't understand, those which are given to us to understand, the whole thing is to expand the dimensions of me. They tell over a story, and everybody knows the story, but everybody understands it in a very childish way. Whenever I hear people tell the story, it sounds like little children, Aesop's fables. The Chafetz Chaim died uh, 50 years ago, 40 odd years ago. So the Chafetz Chaim was not a rabbi, he was not a Rosh Hashim, he was a grocery man. His wife had a grocery store, she had a barrel of herring in the store, and a guy came into the store, and he was standing in the store, he noticed that the guy stuck his hand into the barrel of herring, and filched out a herring, and he ran into the street, and ran away with the herring. So the, so the Chafetz Chaim ran into the guy, and says, I forgive you, it's yours, you can keep it. We all say how pious and how kind of time was. It wasn't piety. Yes, of course it was piety, but you have to understand what was what was the motivation beyond behind the piety. What was it? A guy stealing, according to the law, according to the law, he's mechuyif mitzi. He can kill for such a thing. The Chavetz Chaim had such a look on the world. He had such dimension. My ownership of the herring, and that means being in a state, in a moral state of a death penalty. It's inordinate. But my little measly herring, of course, two cupcakes of herring. Of time and it, he said, I forgive you. It was, it was the dimensions of his looking at the world. It was how he looked at the world. We could forgive. We could forgive. We could act like we forgive. But he got he, the big man had different dimensions, the whole Yiddish kind of dimensions. The whole, the whole Yiddish kind of dimensions, you don't understand, this one thinks the Yiddish kind is uh, shaking by Shemesh, so or this one thinks it's long pace, and this one thinks it's long cold. We have to get underneath and abstract in this, the whole Yiddish kind of again dimensions. Kosher, not kosher, dimensions. You go to the museum. I was in the museum, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, a few years ago. So I saw a woman copying the picture. I was with my daughter. I saw a woman 
was of my daughter was a thing that with a boyfriend she did. I, 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 I saw a woman copying a picture. You look, it's from where I was standing, you look, it's an exact replica of the of the of the, of the cliff, a picture on the wall. She was very good. So we were discussing. If you look closer, if you look closer, there's like an aroma missing in the picture. The the the, the artist, the master who painted that picture on the wall, he he had a subtlety in the she kitchen. She has every she got all the facts, but that subtlety she don't have. In the dimensions, it's not it's not simple. You know what I mean? You know, you, you know, we are in a yeshiva. Uh, as uh, you know, you know, you don't boys don't hear you say to a guy, you come to the minion. You minion, minion, what is this uh, concentration here? You gotta come, you gotta get up, you gotta go, you gotta go. So we understand everything from the outside, those things. But if a person, you know, if you look at Dagnin in the morning, you could look at it as a drudgery, or you could look at it as such an experience that a person can't, when it comes already pre dawn, he can't sleep, he can't wait till he goes to God. I once heard in Yerushalayim that one Jew was talking about an old chassid who used to daven shachos four hours every morning. Shachos, he daven four hours. So he says, by him, he says, each word is like ice cream. By me, it's like nails. Each word is like, what do you mean by him? It's like ice cream. By me, it's like nails. He has a different invention of looking at things. You, when you see the things in their perspective, when you see, when you see, somebody says, Hanois, it says in the, in the Siddha, Hanois, the Rebunish of this food to the animals, to the children of the Oreb, of the crow, that, 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 that cry, that they call, that for food. So we, we run over that. Who saw over here, who saw over here the birds? Whoever looks at a bird, who knows how a bird lives? We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have that dimension. We say the words because David Amalek said it in Tillin. But the man that knows the genius that goes into the food system, the conveyor belt in the natural world, he has a different dimension. You know, it, it says in the end of the, of the, of the Halalukos, it says, Kol HaNeshama Every 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 soul Praises the Rebbeinu. So the word soul comes from the word neshima, breath. So the Gemara says, "Call on the Shama to Al Kolat." You have to praise the Rebbeinu at every intake and outtake of breath. We're far from that. We're, we're steep. We're flung. We're flung into a terrible exile. You know, we don't see things. But the whole point is to restore the dimension. People, people, look to break a habit. Is the most difficult thing in the world. Tell somebody who smokes to stop smoking. Yeah, it's not easy. Tell someone who drinks coffee in the morning, tell them not to drink coffee. You gotta put. People don't wanna hear that. You can tell them there's another dimension, that there's other things, there are ultimates, there are contacts, there are. They don't hear it. We don't hear it. You gotta learn your head off. You gotta doggle your head off. You gotta pray your head off till you hear something. This is the whole scene I did. Otherwise, I just want to close and say one thing to you. Younger boys might not know. If you know anything about existentialist philosophy, you know, Sartre, he's not a big philosopher. He's not a Kant, by no means. 
But every philosophy is a fruit of the times. Sartre could not have written existential philosophy a hundred years ago. Now, you, you know, he has he has chapters on absurd and on nausea. The important part of his philosophy is called nausea. A nausea. You don't get nausea in the world unless you have a, an experience back of you that forces you to come to such a revolution. Now, I want to tell you something. When you see an intellectual service, a pessimistic, fatalistic, deterministic philosophy, people with brains, so it boils down to their schoolwork. Either they are right, has to show, that the world is totally meaningless, has to show, and that the human being is meaningless, and his life is meaningless, and his choices are meaningless. And one conclusion to commit suicide. Many of them did come on committed. So that he was with Sartre of a girl. Maybe he came to the conclusion if you read his books, I forgot the name of the book, the guy sitting in the prison, and all he has to do is open his mouth and say the man to let him up free. Kill me, I don't care. Because if you go, if you follow the world to its material conclusion, it's meaningless. Or is an altogether different route. There's a route of dimensions. There's a way up. And we believe, and we believe that that's the way. Not that Torah is having a ball. Torah is not having a ball in the modern world. There are people that learn the Torah and feel the Torah and struggle with the Torah and try to grow with the Torah as, as, as little as possible under these circumstances, but still they have the Amunah. This is what happened in Hasidah. The is the Tfilm, the Kashkas, the Matzah, the Mezuzah, all the Shulchan is all one thing that all these others are going to make. Jeffrey? That's all I can answer to your question today. Okay.